is now the ultimate power in the universe. The Pat and AJ Podcast. Well, because they got great banter. They jib-jab. Jib-jab, jib-jab, jib-jab. Pat and AJ. I feel like the conversation we've been having in the last five minutes is a lot more interesting than the shit they're talking about on the radio. Just moronic commentary and stupid sound effects, and it's just dumb. It doesn't make any sense. It's the Pat and AJ Podcast. Went on a walk this morning, and it's odd to go on walks. We're in uh, October here in Tucson, Arizona. Well, we're in October everywhere. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> but um, specifically where we are, it's like really when the, when the weather kind of, quote, changes. Yeah. And, and it's it, changed. And like in the morning, you really like, I was out in like pants and it's my hockey cold. jersey. Taking a walk around the neighborhood. I drove our son to school this morning in my jammies because I just wear a t-shirt and boxers. Yeah, sure. So it could very loosely come off as like my just chilling out clothes. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm wearing a nightie or anything. But this morning I had to make like the conscious choice. I'm like, it's cold out. Do I go take him in my shorts? Do I put pants on? So I I decided to take him in my shorts because today is actually warmer than it's been this week. But I had to turn the heat on in the car because it yeah. was cold. It was like fifty degrees, and it was it was brisk, man. You went shopping with um, our kid for uh, pants because I did. we only you know we have a fourteen year old boy who, by the way, is six two one ninety five. I like seeing. By the way, I was going through all of his medical records from uh, the visit we had today, and I like how seeing how above average he is uh, for boys his age with everything except BMI scale. <laughs> Because they're like, he's taller than like everyone yeah. his age. He weighs more than everyone his age because of his height. Yeah. But then when it comes to BMI, he's way low. And I'm like, oh, yeah. That's a great, you know, he's, I'm very, I'm, I, and I don't mean this as a slam against you. I'm happy, happy he took it over uh, my family with his genes in that. Yeah. Because when you're this tall and I'm six feet tall too, I think I shrunk a little bit. I think I'm closer to five, 10 and a half, maybe 11. But when you gain weight, you have way more places to put it when you're tall. Yeah. So it's like you got to gain a lot for it to be really that noticeable. Was like, uh, that was like when you were pregnant. You said that a lot of folks legitimately thought you put on a traditional Wisconsin beer belt. Yeah. People, I mean, that's just what women do in, yeah. in Wisconsin. They drink and they, they gain weight. They drink and gain we, weight. It happens to all of us. And everyone was like, oh, look at that, but, you know. And, and it was she finally started uh, hitting hitting Miller Lite every night. Well, and I didn't carry him like he wasn't like laying like it wasn't my belly wasn't far out. It wasn't a beach ball. Yeah. He was like sitting up and down. So it was like my belly was not huge, but it was pushing up against everything. And by the end, I couldn't breathe. Like I, I kid you I not. remember that. Yeah, I went to the end. hospital because I had I had what uh, pregnancy induced asthma mm-hmm. and I couldn't breathe and I couldn't lay on my back because and they I, kept asking you to lay on your back. Yeah, they're like, lay on your back for this test. I'm like, I can't. I think I'll die. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, yeah, remember the doctor saying. That's a tall baby. He's is she. She's like he's pushing everything from your chest up. No wonder you can't breathe. So how does that? I mean, you know, uh, I've seen the the sketches and all that, and I think men get a little bit less of this information because we're never going to have to actually physically do it ourselves. But like when that all happens, so like, is there a trick? Like, no, I'm trying to figure no, it's out. Cute like, cause he's like grabbing like, his belly and trying. To- <laughs> is your body built to basically have all that shit moved out of the way? Yes, and so I've like, seen graphs like yeah. that where they show yeah, so how I, so I, yeah. your organs all move because, you know, you're, a woman's belly traditionally, and it sucks because not every woman can have kids, but yeah. we are built to make babies. So that's why we have extra fat around our bellies. You get the hips and you everything. You get the hips and the, yeah, and um, yeah, so... 
That was annoying, though. I mean, I love him to pieces. I'm so glad he was two weeks early because I thought I, I really, I was almost near tears at the end. I'm like, I can't breathe. I can't do this anymore. Well, welcome everyone to the 78th episode. I'm so happy we're here. I think I've Pat said this AJ before, Podcast. but this is like my favorite part of the week is recording with you. It is a fun time of the week. I do. It's funny. You said you went on a walk this morning I because did, yeah. um, Pat's working from home and I'm working from home, but I work completely opposite hours. So like Pat works. Um, like days. A, days. I and right now I'm working like until ten thirty at night. So, but but we'll try to take time to like to, the other day we took a walk hand in hand. Hand so in cheesy. Hand. But I I'm like I hope people don't think that we we're like freeloaders who don't work. Like we work. We work from home. We work opposite hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's you know we've talked a lo- about that a lot, and I think it's um different mentalities and like what you do. But like I was brought up with a very heavy dose, and I didn't realize it, of hourly wage wisdom. Yeah. Like, I grew up in a blue-collar part of town of Chicago. Everyone was either, like, cops, firefighters. If not, they worked in, like, you know, uh, factories. Yeah. Blue-collar people working with their hands. And a lot of those jobs were union, their hourly wages. And it was very much all about that aspect of how much you can earn per... So, like, the more hours that you can put in... You know, the more you're going to get this overtime and all this shit. And that's how you kind of fed yourself. And I always kind of had had that mentality until I got into the world of radio. Yeah. And that in radio, uh, if you're lucky enough, you become a salaried person, which they almost salary everyone now because then they can make you work like 90 hours Yeah, it's actually cheaper for them because they don't have to pay you <laughs> overtime for anything. They've actually stopped hiring anyone hourly. But, I mean, so, like, I got into the, 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 the salary world, and really for the rest of my life, I've been in that world of we pay you a flat amount. And you work. And, yeah. and you work. And that really kind of changes your whole outlook on it because then it comes more into a, okay, am I performing my duties? Am I getting them done uh, timely? Am I getting them done well? Am I doing everything as completed? And okay, now I'm done. As opposed to back in the day when you're like, yo, I need to put in 40 hours this week to get all that dough. So you're sitting there almost making shit up sometimes, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I remember that once. I thought I was slick, man. I was like um, 17 and I was working for a place in Chicago that they uh, they did the benches on the bus stops. Yeah. Right? They put up the, the bench ad- advertisements. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. It was all mobbed up. It was weird how I got the job. But um, I ended up the one day uh, skipping school because I wanted to make more dough. Hell yeah, man. Right? Because like I used to work there That's only- That's hard. When you have a job as a yeah. teenager, and like, because I was the same way. I had seasonal jobs. So I would work like 90 hours a week during the summer- and then go back to school. And I'm like, well, this blows. I'm only making money on the weekend. So I get it. Like, I would have skipped school, too. So I think, yeah, I, I end up skipping school the one day. And I take the train down to the shop. And I show up to, like, do some work. And, like, the boss was very much like, what the fuck are you doing here? You know? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I figure out. I, I, I put in some hours. He's like, all right. And I was there for literally, like, two or three hours. And he's like, all right, man, you can go home for the yeah. day. Like, I don't know why you're here. But in my mind, I'm like, if I can put in more hours, I'll literally find work to do Well, so I can p- say, hey, pay me these many hours. That's you know? kind of the, and I won't even say it's an issue I'm having, but it's something I'm, I'm starting to figure out with my job because I'm t- technically I'm per diem, which means I am when they need me. Yeah. They need me all the time because it's radio. You're always needed. <laughs> I yeah. mean, there, there are weeks. I mean, this is like the least amount I've worked since I started, which yeah. is like three days a week right now. But, but it's, it's eight hours a day. And it's very strange because, you know, when I started, they're like, you know, we're going to need you on weekends and holidays. I Mm -hmm. said, okay. Um, They don't 
have me scheduled for like any weekends. I'm scheduled for Thanksgiving, but like an overnight shift. So like, I'm like, oh, cool. I can go to bed and wake up and eat. Like, that's awesome. And I realized, um, like I'm scheduled Christmas Eve. I'm not scheduled Christmas day. And I realized that a lot of the contract workers can, they can get, they still get time and a half if they work a holiday. Yeah. So they all want to work the holidays, mm-hmm. but they, I'm scheduled for every day, like after Christmas, every day before yeah. Christmas. But yeah, it's, it's hilarious to see how it all works out. So it's, you know, it's just kind of a different, um, I don't know, just different mentalities and stuff. Do you know uh, what I'm worried about? And I won't even say worried, but I'm just not looking forward to it. What you worried about? Daylight saving time. And we don't observe it here in Arizona. We don't change our clocks. We don't do anything. But they do in New York City, which is where my company's based. So So this is, yeah, I'm actually not putting my schedule up on my November calendar yet because I I feel like it's going to mess with my head so bad. So what, right now we're flushed with West Coast time or mountain time? We're West Coast time. So there's there's three hours. It's weird because all the stuff says we're mountain time, but technically we're we're West Coast right now. But I think mountain time is the winter. I just love talking about time because that's when they realize time is a construct. It's so stupid. Made that shit up. But I'm like, all right, so instead of being three hours ahead, once they change their clocks back, they're going to be two hours ahead. Okay. So like my 1 a.m. shifts will start at 2 a.m. And oh, it's just going to be really weird. That's but. weird. That, I mean, I guess that's weird. That's the downfall as much as I love it, but living in a place that doesn't do uh, daylight savings times. Well, yeah. And I also didn't expect to be working for a company on the East Coast while yeah. I was out here, but it, magically it happened and I love it. But still, that was going to happen bizarre. either way. Look, we were either moving to Hawaii or Arizona and yeah. both are like, fuck your time changes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we are staying where we are Hawaii I like if we do end up moving out there which is that's our plan yeah, you know we'll eventually um, but probably let the kid finish out high school yeah. here. he'll do four years of high school here and then um, you know after that he's on his own so well, uh, yeah. we'll just leave <laughs> he has talked about going to college at the University of Hilo, though, which is good. But I was thinking about that. And I'm like, well, I sure hope. It's the University I st- of Hawaii at Hilo. Sorry, at yes. Hilo. Um, I'm hoping I still have this job because I really like it and it pays really well. But mm-hmm. I'm like, holy shit, that'll be like a six or seven hour time difference. So my overnight shifts then will become like afternoon. Uh, sh- that's crazy. And I know it's wilder for you because like for the folks who, um, you know, live in the world of like hourly pay and stuff and different rates. You have like a a weird tiered structure where it's like, here's your base rate. Here's what it is on holidays. Here's what it is on overnights. But your overnight hours count. They count for more. So it's called differential pay. Yeah. And I'm I'm part of two unions. Okay. So it's really kind of awesome. Like you're basically you're guaranteed. Is your union the one going on strike to shut down Hollywood? No, okay, it's I am not, not part union. of that union. But we will do. You, we stand in solidarity. Say, will you stand in solidarity Absolutely, with them? Absolutely, we do. And not go to work. Um. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um. I can't really afford not to go I to work. I love you, but I don't know how much I love you. Yeah. Um. No, but we stand. We got that email. We stand yeah. in solidarity, yeah. and I was like, damn right. I we mean, do. really. I mean, uh, not to get off topic, but I mean that whole thing is. Is if people think they're like, oh, you know, oh, fucking Hollywood and Mamby Pamby. No, 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 no. These no. are the people. This is everyone else besides George Clooney and the director. And this is lit. And, and you're right. That, listen, that union that they're part of is called SAG AFTRA. Yeah. That's what, and, and if your favorite star, not only like um like Ted Lasso, yeah. um Jason Sudeikis, that's who it is, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. He's part of SAG AFTRA. He's also part of the Writers Guild of America because he writes for the show. Sure. And um 
so that's the union that they're part of. This union is literally everybody off camera. We're talking costumers and 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 hair people and and people craft working services. with their hands. Yes. People that are setting up the shit. People that are breaking shit down. You know how you watch your favorite show or movie and there's six million names at the end of it, and you're like, "Wow, Those a lot people. of people worked on that movie." That's who you were talking about. So you know, at the end of the night, when The Rock is done shooting for nine hours, which is hey, it's it's tough to be the guy yeah. who has to carry the it's whole thing. It's not easy for anybody. But when he gets to go home after nine hours and hop in his limo there's people now who is like now it's it's, it's kind of like the bar for anyone who's yeah. ever worked in the bar nightclub industry we all know what happens after the fun we have to clean up the fun yeah right the, the D- lights come on right. and we got to clean like, up oh fuck so that's what these people do and yeah. they basically what is so what it, they're doing is it about the uh, web stuff because it's yes. all about the like web stuff i think it's called the iitse that's the i think that's the union they're part of because okay. we've been we've been following it very closely because not just because we're union yeah. but because this will affect all it's, of it's Hollywood a ripple effect. Yeah. So what they're protesting, um, and it does appear that they're going to go on strike on Monday. That's kind of the 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 rumblings. Yeah. But um, what they're protesting is that with all the new web shows, because they're like streaming has become its own monster. I mean, we all know that. Yeah. That's that's old news now. There are shows and movies that go straight to streaming services. That's what the world is. Say, we were just talking about Halloween Kills that's premiering on Peacock. I'm like, oh shit, we can watch it on TV. <laughs> you can't even see it in the theaters. So think about that though. Um, basically all these people, aside from the stars, the people who do their hair, who put out their food and all that stuff, they're saying, um, we're actually not getting paid more to work on these streaming shows. And we're working like 12 hour days and the networks are claiming they don't have the money to pay us, which we're, they're like, that's bullshit. People pay for your streaming service. I was, I was going to say they need to create this content for people to want to be a a peacock subscriber. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. There's all, think about all that content that's on there. And they're basically saying, you want us to work more for less and you're claiming you can't pay us more. And they know that's crap. So that's why they're going on strike which I wholly agree with. I mean, they're right. Think about all the content that's out there. We are so past the days of when we were kids and there were like five network channels and like a throw in a PBS yeah. in there. And, you know, we are so far past that. And then Think you it, had cable that just reran everything. Yeah. And then you had a movie channel. Think about yeah. it now. Just just take a look at one of your apps. Look at all the content yeah. on there and then think about all the people that are working on those shows. I absolutely support them going if, on strike. If I remember right, and I feel like at least in the entertainment business, um, that this will kind of happen over, maybe this is the last wave of it and we'll be done. But didn't wasn't the last writer strike was all about the digital stuff because all yeah. of a sudden they started it was something with and not that I know the ins and outs but it was basically how um, the big you know the studio all of a sudden was demanding that the writers also write for web ex- and I remember yeah. the office writers for some reason I remember Mindy and BJ who were the Steve Carell I know wouldn't cross the picket line too because he yeah. he wrote. A couple. Wrote, yeah. I think he wrote two episodes for the show, which put him in the writers' guild, and he wouldn't cross the picket line. So I know, you know, the the two main minds behind it, uh, Mindy and uh, BJ, and I say that like I fucking know them. Right? <laughs> well, they are. They're our BJ friends. Know you know, we 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 know them from the office. But I remember them really talking about. Listen, and this is really kind of in the beginning of it, where they're like they're having us write so much more material that is now just web exclusive. Yeah. Yet there's not a compensation for it, and there's not for them. I assume there's probably also like rights and points and. Yeah. All that shit, you know, royalties, like how does this work now? So, And I know you hear those names and think, well, they make a lot of money anyways. But first of all, they deserve it. If you yeah. sit down, if you really trust me, now that I'm writing like all day, every day, if you sit down and think about, they've got to come up with these jokes. Yeah. They've got to come up with these storylines from nothing. 
That's incredible. I mean, it's hard for me to write a story that's already been written. Last night, I could not word a story that I was literally reading. And I'm like, I don't know how they do it. Like, that kind of creativity is incredible. So they absolutely deserve it. But yeah. I'll, I will be interested to see because they're like, this will Because ripple. that one that one was interesting because... and that Well, that was, like you said, that was the last big one because like- it did... Usually how it works is they can figure these things out through negotiations before they get to um, the strike. The strike is always, listen, the The last strike is always, we all know this, that you have to fucking negotiate with these big companies. And the only thing that they really can understand after you, you know, put all your cards on the table, all right, fuck you, then we're not going to show up. Yeah. You know? And that, and it's a, I mean, this is, trust me, this has been talked about for weeks now. Yeah. This is the last this resort. This is like any, like, like, yeah. uh, like a Nabisco. Weren't the yeah. Nabisco workers walked yeah. out for a while? As there? they should. You As know, they the should. GM workers walked out, you do what you got to do to preserve yourself. There's nothing different than, this is no different than GM workers going yeah. on strike. Everybody is trying to make a living and get paid what mm-hmm. they are, what they deserve by big companies who yes. have the money. And we all know what your stock price is. And unfortunately, because you're all publicly traded. We know how much you pay your fucking top execs. CEO, exactly. We know how much their bonus packages are. Yeah, don't tell me you can't pay these people. Yeah, it's tough when the little man, the guy working at the truck assembly plant, is being told, no, we can't do an extra buck an hour on weekends. Yeah. Right? But then, meanwhile, the fucking... VP of regional sales exactly. has a private jet that's binging between LA and New York. And they get an $11 million bonus, bonus. package. Just on top for fucking of, existing. Yeah. You so know? no, I, I'm, I absolutely support them, but I am interested to see how this affects the entertainment so how world. Would that, so now I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure it out. Cause with the writers, you can't make these, these shows and these movies without all those other people. Cause I was thinking with the writer's strike, it's the, the core is the content. There's no one writing. There's nobody writing. And so I you think, have no script. And I think the closest we got to seeing what it would be like without them was when I think John Stewart eventually when they, cause that one went on for a minute. That was hot. That was long. That was yeah. long. John Stewart, who was still hosting the daily show ended up coming back on TV, basically saying, look, we stand in solidarity yeah. and, and this show right now is just me. So he was literally kind of improving yeah. and writing everything, you know, like just, okay, like we don't have writers and they're on strike and we support that, but we want to yeah. give you something. So let's just make some shit up right here. Yeah. And so how's that going to work with this? Because like you said, it's, it's, it's different. Like it's, it's different, it's but the it's, hands around the it's, set. They're just as important as everybody else. Think about it. Like if you don't have writers, you have no content. Yeah. If you don't have costumers and yeah. makeup people, production, and assistants, production yeah. assistants, all those, I mean, that's a huge, huge mm. chunk of the crew. Yeah. So I, I mean, things, what they've literally said, things will shut down. That's all there is wow. to it. So I'm, what am I'm, I watching right now? It's going to upset me if it gets shut down. SNL, because SNL just started a new uh, season. Yeah. I'm watching that every week. See, I'm on a sports right now. So I don't know if that really, you know, that I don't doesn't, think that applies doesn't fuck really. with sports at all. I don't know, but I don't think so. But I don't think any, like, there's no TV show. See, the, the last writer's strike was so big because it, it was because we weren't that big into digital content yeah so it just everything stopped and all of a sudden you're like well shit there's nothing new to watch this is kind of boring i want to read up on the writer's strike of what it was it like the late 80s or something like that i was, remember that yeah as a kid yeah yeah as a kid um and i don't remember it because i was only like five but they you know they ask about that when you're going into a union like were you part of that strike 
And I was like, no, I was five. Like, of course I, was I wasn't. Five. But it's the, it was that big of a deal wow. that they still ask about it. And I want to I want to read up on it because I want to understand, like, what wow. happened. It's just, I'll tell you, though, it's so weird. And this is so sad to say, but it's just really weird in a good way to be protected in my job for once because radio has been so volatile. Like, Say, yeah, you're really going from extremes because there's a lot of industries that are not unionized that are still very uh, respectful and unfortunately, the entertainment business, and this really kind of goes across the board. I don't care who you are, if you're a radio person, if you're a podcaster, a TV personality, a weatherman, an actor, musician. Yeah. You know, you kind of just really get used to being treated like shit. Yeah. And um, having no security at all, right? And that was always our kind of gig in radio, because radio's been non-unionized for years, right? Yeah. Like they busted all the fucking unions. And, and if you haven't noticed, you know, um, look at us. They just fire people for no reason. All, all, all the time. They will call you after your show and yeah, say, you're, well, you're done. Bye. But so we were already kind of primed for working in an industry where we accepted the fate that at any we, given yeah. time you can be fired and trust us. It was something that literally kind of like was anxiety. Oh, my God. All the yeah. time. Like you had a small layer of any time you got, you a know, phone call corporate it's coming to town yeah. or, or can, can we have a meeting you're like oh shit like this is it and, friend, and eventually it is right my friend uh jenny who um is a nurse she's like it's we were talking about it on the way to a, a concert we were going to she's like yeah it's trauma she's like you were yeah, literally right. you literally felt so insecure in your job yeah. every day that you were anxious about losing it every day and now you don't have to be and it's weird because i still work in radio to a point, but not in the same just a way. Capacity. Yeah, you, no, no, no. You're you're literally. It, it might as well be considered a different industry. It, and it, yeah, and it's just. I mean, weird. you're working for a professional news yeah. organization. You gather facts. They're actually professional, stories. which is really nice. Yeah, like they treat you well. They're facts. They're stories, and you know everyone else is kind of you know doing whatever. They're and doing they and fucking they, carnivals. On trust the me, the they lie about treating their employees good because they don't. <laughs> I think it depends. I think it depends who you are. I think you know in the broadcast world, unfortunately, it may seem as though the on-air talent have the highest profile and everything else, but they're really probably the worst treated in yeah. the building. Everyone else, because uh, as I was told- Salespeople are fine because they bring in money. They bring in, I mean, as I was famously told by my very first general manager, Dennis Mockler, hello, how are you? Um, when he said that, you know, uh, the programming side is like the black hole. They yeah. just they just take. He's like sales produces yeah. and we, we make money and you guys then take that money and want to spend it. Yeah. So, you so know, we're the first ones to go. Yeah. So we were already kind of in an industry where, all right, you know, it's, it's very unstable. It's very tough. Uh, like can, our bosses were somewhat protected because they just kept taking on more jobs. Well, duties. yeah, because, because their management positions yeah. became so big. Engineering was fine. Sales was fine. The pro the heads of programming were fine, but the rest of us plebe. We yeah. are out of there. I mean, it becomes more and more nationalized and more and more umbrella. Which so, you are seeing right now on radio. Yeah. So, so we never, you know, really understood um, kind of that. I don't know. Just having. Let me just tell you real quick. That to, pride to, in like, hey, this is what I do. You were always kind of like a beaten dog. Yeah. Like uh, you're never doing enough. Keep doing more. You, yeah. I, I mean, literally. That, yeah. That's what it was. You were never doing yeah. enough. No matter what you did, you it was like, we got to do something more. At our last job. And I, I have no problem talking about it now. Yeah. There was a point where we didn't have an events coordinator they yes. were hiring somebody new yes so there was like a solid i'd say probably like what three or four months we didn't have an event person yes Not, i think it was less than that actually and then they hired one that didn't know how to do the job yeah exactly who had who wasn't didn't plan events yeah you know uh, don't get me started <laughs> on her because uh, i will they hire, hey i got a great idea i need to uh, uh hire a painter 
there's this guy who dances. I think he's <laughs> But he's but he's from uh he's from the paint shop across the street. Yeah. So we want to snack him. We want to snag it. him away. Fuck it. I'm going to put that guy in That's there. That's literally what happened. Yeah. This person worked for the other radio station in town and yeah. they said we're going to snag her away as if she was some sort of prize and yeah. then she couldn't do her job. So they goes between general managers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see general managers of radio stations actually fight uh, like physically besides just doing all this shit, right? uh, you know, to, to fuck with each other. So, um, you know, they hired her, but like you said, she didn't know what she was doing. So they literally asked me on top of my morning show job, right. my midday job. Yep. And all, I mean, when I tell you we did web work all day, yeah, all day long. Because AJ, because you were doing the morning show. And, yep. then and then I would do the midday shift. You would, so which is what, 10 a.m.? 10 a.m. To, to noon. So you're so, already yeah. on the, uh, you're on, you're, you're on the radio six hours a day. Yeah. And that as was AJ, the personality. And that was more than they originally, that was, I was like just. Your original contract was morning show. For the morning show. And then they said, how but about you have you do no middays? union? Yeah. It's a right to work state. So they can like, tell you at any fucking time. Without giving you a raise. You yeah. Know. Oh, no, no. It was all done in the guise of, hey, unless you do that, I mean, if we, you don't protect your job. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yes. You have to do six million things to ensure you protect your job. And my job still went away. But um, yeah, they hired this this person who didn't know how to do her job. So then they said, you know what? We're not selling events on the sales side, which is funny because I'm like, so why do the salespeople get to keep their jobs if they're not doing them? Right. But they're like, well, we can't sell events. So we want you to put together listener events That's for right. free. That's right. You were doing free listener events. And it was literally driving me crazy. And the guys was, um, well, if, if you start doing these. AJ's Adventures. Yes. It was called AJ's Adventures. Not, I didn't get paid a dime for that. No one got paid. Nobody got paid for that. I don't think that. the fucking client paid. I don't think no. the station made a dollar. And it was no em- one. It was embarrassing because, you know, you're asking these companies to do all this stuff for free, which that's bullshit for them, too. Yeah. Like, I can understand why they don't want to. That was a tough sell back in the day. Can you imagine that, that oh, now post-pandemic? Post-COVID, no. Going to, like, a uh, craft brewery and saying, hey, give me uh, 500 bucks yeah. in uh, free liquor, and I'm going to give you radio ads. So I think they gave me, I, I did it for six months. And by month six, I was so pissy. I sat down and said, you're not selling this. Nobody's making I money. Remember, dude, she did it in a in, in a meeting. We used to have these terrible staff meetings with like everyone. Programming, in the sales. And, you know, they were just, they were, they were boring and, and pointless. It was busy work just and, to say you had it. And it was so funny. Like, finally, AJ just lost it. And usually I was the one that like lost oh, it. Oh, fuck meetings. no, I lost it and with AJ no shame. AJ was just like, fuck you and fuck, I'm well, not doing this shit. I'm like, this is a lot of work. Yeah. And it's been six months of a lot of work. And this staff, this sales staff yeah. here is not making money off it. The station's not no making, making money. money. Nobody's making money. So I'm done until you can all, sell it. And, and, and by the way, that's all pre-pandemic. Yeah. This is all pre-pandemic when, there, when you know that industry was still chasing a fucking nickel down yeah. the street. And I can't imagine what it's mm-hmm. like now. No. I'm so glad that we got to when that shit started. And the only thing that I'm really thankful for is that uh, in this last go around, we worked for a New York-based corporate entity. Yeah. So let's think about that. New York-based. Where... Did the pandemic really explode first? New York. New York, right? So they kind of led from the top down by sending- That was one of the only good things it really they did was. was to say, to, to catch it early. They're like, all right, everybody needs yes. to start working from home. And and even our general manager was like, eh, but there's really- She no- wasn't, ha- no, she didn't want to. No, that. she's like, there's she no, nobody has like, COVID here, but they're like, doesn't matter. Everybody's working from home. She was, uh, she was just like, and again, this is kind of the cover of working for a publicly traded company, yeah. right? Because if that company would have maybe not done right by its employees with this pandemic, that's going to affect your stock yeah. price, right? Uh, the other, you know, one of the other stations in town was independently owned. 
everyone got sent home from every station except for them. Yeah. And because they're owned by an old man, right? And the old man's like, you get your some bitch ass up in there. This COVID is bullshit. You get it. You get your butt into work. I'll get somebody to do it if you won't. So, but but it also like, I remember you saying when we started working from home, you're like, we're never going back. Well, we're never going back, but you were like, um, you know, this is. They say this is to protect us. This is to protect them. Yeah, no, this is because all if for they them, keep yeah. us in the building and then a, there's a COVID outbreak and people you die, them, yeah. you can sue. So they're trying to protect them themselves. They're not trying to protect us, but still. But like we literally got sent home to do the show. I think it was March, right? Yeah. So it was like March. They're like, all right, you're going to work from home. And we pretty much worked from home until they fired us. Because I said, one, they're going to eventually fire us. Yeah. Like, like, this is it. We knew the it. show's over. They're we, making I mean, no money. Radio was so volatile and broke. Before that. that. Yeah, but but what <laughs> everybody had said about radio before the pandemic is, and I remember my friend Jesse Mitchell saying this. He's yeah. not, and he got out of radio. He did. He works uh, in city government now. That's, yeah. how much, that's how much more fun city government he, is. He actually really loves it. Stable, job, too. Yeah, right? it's stable. Yeah. Um, but he said, the good ones have made it through the pillage, yeah. which he was insinuating us. He's like, you guys made it through all the, you know, the layoffs of the last 10 years. God, you, that was before all Yeah, that and shit. he's like, you guys, he's like, the ones who are still in it are going to stay in it because you you made it through. And then we're like, but what could throw radio off its course again to make sure we all get fired? Yeah, pandemic, there, that's that what was happened. It? Because, I mean, it's a literal, and for us, we worked... Um, at an at-work station. Now, besides being the number one station in town, and, and we did very well with our core demographics and, you know, all that fun shit. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> um, but, you know, when that demographic then got sent home. Yeah. When you are the at-work office station and all the fucking offices shut down. Nobody's listening. No one, I mean. They weren't, people weren't driving their kids to school. They weren't driving shit. to work. And it was, we saw this and um, we, we were so curious to see the ratings book from when the pandemic the started. The pandemic book, because, yeah. Because, yeah, uh, just to let you know, they do ratings like in a Flint market. They do them two times a year. Well, they used to. They Oh, yeah, that's right. They don't buy them anymore. <laughs> well, so they still do them, but the one company doesn't buy them. No. Because you have to pay for them. It's a big fucking You pay house. for them, and then they yeah, sell it's them, a big, blah, blah, blah. All, a, a bunch of fucking guys in New it's York bullshit. make a lot of money, and we don't. And it's really old school the way they they get the yeah. ratings, too. But so there were like two periods a year when you would be, Yeah, quote, there's spring and fall. And, and ratings. And we call them the spring book and the fall book. And the spring book started right when the pandemic started. Oh, and like you said, you know, and we nobody was going to work. No one listened. <laughs> so we're like, and we're like, eh, you know, we all knew that book was going to be bad for us. Yeah. And, and, you know, one bad book in a pandemic doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get fired. This, but yeah. we were just expecting it. Yeah. But I remember when that book came out and- the number one station in the Flint area was a sports station from Detroit. That's right. And we were like, our jaws were on the floor. We're like, we knew yeah. things were different, but what the hell? Like they, they flipped on their, they flipped upside down. Wasn't like, that the, uh, the ticket? The ticket. The ticket out Which, of Detroit. Listen, yeah. I don't even like sports and I station. like listening to the ticket. Ticket's like, a good station. Um, but yeah. Just, I used to always swing by their, uh, their, their, their booth before uh, oh, Tigers games. They're an amazing state. Yeah. And I'm telling you, sports and news are the two radio entities that are going to survive all of this yeah information like again what are you working in now since so so you've transitioned out of the traditional entertainment side of radio which is we play some music because we're a format so we we talk in between each song and And, give you tickets and we we sell commercials to people to connect with you you're working now in this much you know bigger entity and shit i i like working in news i mean it it really truly never stops and it's really nice something i didn't think i'd hear like you know the last couple years uh considering how fucking insane our country 
industry's gone is to hear my wife be like, you know what's less stressful? Yeah, working in news. Uh, well, like I said, my job, you know, I know exactly. It's really nice. I know exactly what my hours are going to be today. Yeah. 3 to 10.30. That's and, it. And you know what you're doing. I know exactly what I'm doing. Nobody calls you outside of your shift unless they're asking you, like, hey, can you fill in for so-and-so on this date? Yeah. Nobody bothers you. There's no, like, hey, there was a typo on this web article. Oh, hell and no. Can, can you update that? They'll tell me about that at 3 o'clock. Yeah. And if it's a true emergency, like, they have my personal email. I don't put my work email on my phone because it's news we get i mean my inbox has three thousand emails in it <laughs> all day and and everybody said they're like of those three thousand two or three are really important but they're like it's it's all just non-stop yeah so nobody bothers me i'm not anxious about my job outside of my there was one day i made well there were two days two days i made mistakes um because i was i'm still kind of new yeah. i started in july and you're human you're not, not a, a human. not a machine yeah so i made there were two days i made mistakes and i actually stayed they were like no you can't stay later to fix it i'm like i'm not gonna bill for it like oh, yeah. i'm just i'm gonna stay this extra half hour fix my thing and, and see, then leave that kind of shows like your old school radio yeah. hustle whereas like anyone who's worked a union job their whole life they know when that's quitting time you're out. That's out. Yeah. Like, like you're leaving. I mean, and it's very much like even if stuff's not done because they could just kind of dole it out person to person. Yeah. Like you finish what has been doled out to you and you're out. But yeah, I made, there were two days that I made mistakes and they were like, don't bill for it. I'm like, I'm not going to. I just, I, I can't leave my shift knowing that I fucked something up and didn't fix it. Yeah. But I remember like panicking the rest of the day saying, oh my God, they're going to fire me. <laughs> and I talked to my boss. She goes, Nobody's gonna fire you. You made a mistake. Like she's like, people make mistakes at this job who have been working here twenty years. She's like, you're not gonna get fired. But it's just such trauma, and she knows that. Like that's what I love about her. She used to do what we did. Okay, and she has said she's like, I see how beaten down radio people are, but they've worked so hard. She's like, you want them to work for you, but you don't want them to work in regular FM radio. Yeah, I'll tell you, it's a tough gig, man. I uh, it was. uh, I mean, it was tough uh, in the in the best of days, which were definitely before we got into. Oh, hell no. No, neither of us know those days. Um, but it was uh, tough in the tough days and fucking even harder now. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say harder. I'd say impossible. Impossible. Truly I mean, impossible. Unless you're really willing to, um, uh, I, I, I guess, just do 9 million jobs. Well, but uh, how do you even get qualified now to do that? Like, like yeah. our boss, like our old boss started off as the, he was like, um, when we first met him, he was uh, the program director of two stations, yeah. right? And he did mornings on one, and then we were on the other, and he's in charge of the two stations. And since then, he's been put in charge of all the stations. Yeah. He's now the morning show on our old on station because station they fired us. So that's cost-cutting, right? Yeah. So, and he's well, doing- Well, yeah, let me, let me clarify and, that because people have asked. They're like, yeah. why'd they fire you to save money but then put two new people in? I said- Because they both already worked there. They both already worked there. They're not getting paid more to do no. this. I would say he was getting paid probably the same, if not a little bit more than we were. Yeah. Um, just because I'm good at negotiating contracts, which is then why we get fired because yep. I negotiate too well. You have a target on your back when I you do. make you know normal money. So he's making, all right, let's say- Let's say he's making ten grand more than like we were, yeah. right? So that's that's one. Yeah, and she is easily oh, the, she's less. Pennies. She was she's at least twenty grand less than what you were making, which that's still a lot. For yeah. Her. So and, and and I don't know who else is on the fucking stage. I, I I really don't. People think I have some grudge and that I listen and I think and I really don't. I no. moved on and I just have to. So I don't but even know just, what the, what their other duties are, but that's what yeah. it's going to take. But here's my thing: if you're someone new and young. 
trying to get into the you industry, no how can you even get all the experience to have all those jobs? Well, that was that was kind of my problem when I first got in, that nobody would give me a job because I didn't have any on-air experience. And I'm like, how do I get that experience yeah. if you won't give me? Like, they wanted, like, seasoned pros to do, like, weekend overnights. Yeah. And I was like... That's the shift that I'm supposed to be doing to get experience because nobody listens. Just to put it in perspective, I'm working three days a week right now, and I'm making what I made at my last job. So Three eight-hour days. Three eight-hour days. I'm making what I made at my last job. Not, you know, before you used to do, you used to wake up at, you know, whatever it is, 5 a.m. You'd go all day until noon i would wait all day for phone calls emails from work i responded all day i would go out on sales calls with people that never damn it if i had a nickel (laughs) for every salespeople would come up to you in radio and say i've got this great idea why don't you come out and meet this client with me client loves this show yeah butter them up so i can sell them this package so i can make a lot more money off it than yeah you will half the time we saw none of that money they were like half the time fucking 100 percent. they're like they're gonna give you this service for free and then you get on the air and talk about it that's usually how it went right but um i i'd say about 99 percent of the time those things never came through like i I can literally pick one time that that's that that works which which again um on the sales side of things that's part of your gig right like you are the pitch man or pitch woman and you do you know 20 pitches and only three come through yeah but the financial reward for the three is definitely greater than you know probably what a lot of other folks you know uh, make so that's kind of that reward but that's for them um you were on this other side where it was kind of just a part of you were a cog in the wheel yeah you were expected i didn't see uh, any money it was just hey they'll give you a and most of the time they didn't even end up giving you the product you think uh people in uh radio sales make a lot of money now like 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 not not major market like flint saginaw i don't know i don't think they're i mean i don't think they're struggling no, you no. Think, you, you think they're still trust me. Cash I, and checks? I, you know, they're they're they live in some nice ass houses, but then again, a lot of them, their spouses work, you know, real jobs, so that could be it. Yeah, but I don't know. Because I was reading, um, which is really neat. You know, there's all the the websites where you can review the company you've worked oh, for. Oh, it's so great if you so awesome. <laughs> if you hate a past job and you're feeling it that day, like because I understand, I'm still really pissed off at our last company yeah. for all the shit we did for them to dump us. Don't get me started. I know, but. If See, you, I'm not nearly as angry. About I'm still it. pissed she, off she because it's just bullshit. But um, go on one of these sites. Just look up your old company reviews and it will make you feel so much well, better. I think, <laughs> but see, what I found interesting about it was, and especially for the business we worked in, is for our side, it's it's a passion business, yes. right? No one works uh, in broadcasting, radio, TV, yeah. like news, local news, TV. Yeah. You don't do that shit because you're in it for the money. You do it because you literally are like, this is the best job in the world for me, and I, I love it, and I my passion is that's that's just part of it. Yeah. You know, right? And for when you go on those websites and you're reading the reviews, when it's from people who worked in the building in other positions, you realize how like someone who doesn't view it as a lifelong passion yeah. is like, well... It was okay, you know, you're selling, uh, you know, kind of older traditional media, so, you know, maybe might kind of limit your market uh, uh, reach, but, you know, uh, whatever. It's funny to see folks who were former salespeople, former front desk girls. The difference in in positions makes for the review, for sure. Yeah, like, because those folks, you know, all right, maybe someone goes and he he sells radio time for a couple years and... 
you know, the pandemic happens. He's like, well, this ain't going to happen. Now he's off and he's selling mortgages, right? Yeah. And, and you know, a good salesperson, as Jordan uh, Belfour of, of uh, uh, the Wolf of Wall Street has said, can sell you a pen. It's true. Right? Like, Sales, it doesn't anything. matter what you're selling. If you're good at it, you can sell anything. Yeah. And the, and that's why a lot of radio salespeople end up going into real estate. I was say, that's why they get out of it, because they yeah. know that they're that good and they, they can, can make, make so much more yeah. money. So yeah, radio is just a hot mess. I, I applied for a job when we first got here to Tucson, which um, city wise is pretty big yeah. um, in the, in the country scope. And um, it was, it was a midday job and they were offering $500 a month. There you go. I mean, is I that knew a, radio- hold on, hold on. Is that a publicly traded wall street company? Yeah. Oh, okay. My, How do like, you think? Do you think the CEO is going in Southwest? Southwest probably flying Southwest, right? <laughs> no, probably flying a, fi- okay. a private jet. Oh, okay. But it's just so funny because I, I was like, oh, okay, that's great. I'm like, that is so <laughs> awful. Like, that's less than I, I was told making. I him to go fuck himself. Uh, well, I, I was like, okay, great. And I I'm was like, like, you need to know this to be able to, to pass this along when they ask $500 about what was month. it like to, to interview people. Pass along this note. Go fuck yourself. You go fuck yourself. Signed on behalf of all professionals trying to work in this industry. And I feel so bad because like. But he, they can do it because there's 9 million people who, that. Who are desperate for a job who yeah, will take it. They're like, fine. But then they've got to work six other jobs just to make ends meet yeah. when they're already working full time and and of course my favorite thing they always say in the radio well there will be endorsements oh yeah and and appearances and i said no you'll get won't. the rest of your money and all the little bonuses yeah and it's, it's not guaranteed nope. but they pretend it is nope. not unless i'm in charge of getting them to which they'll say yeah. well fine you can go out and get them and then i go i'm and a fucking be- salesperson now you're a salesperson you know so that's how bullshit this industry is now and what my my second favorite in the industry was my one of my first jobs I got offered a second job. Okay. And I said, I was trying to negotiate because I really didn't want to move. I was like, you know, I haven't been here that long. I'd love to just work here for a little bit more money. Sure. And I kind of leveraged it. I was like, well, this place wants Oh, me. shit. I remember that's when you were up for, um, I can say some call letters. People won't know. So you were up at it for a gig at KCLD. Yeah, in, in Minnesota. Minnesota, which is actually a pretty legendary it's an top amazing 40. amazing station that somehow has kept everybody staffed there. Like yeah, they, they're run locally. They have really good people. Sometimes and like, the smaller companies have their do. shit together. And this is a great but example. Like, don't get me wrong i know some of the employees there and they are the eight to ten hours a day that yeah like it, they, they do are everything. working all day but i expected that because i've yeah. been doing that already but and, okay so so you were you were working in in appleton you got offered this job and, and i was like well could you give me what they're it was only a couple grand i'm like could you give me <laughs> the ugh. I don't want to give numbers when you get the call letters. <laughs> yes, yes. Take out the call letters. Why? Well, why? Why? Well, you don't have to give numbers. Go ahead. It's it's. No, you do have or to give do. numbers. Why? Why are we hiding this? How about this? So why was, are we hiding numbers? So I was offered twenty seven thousand dollars a year. Okay, twenty seven thousand dollars a year to work in uh, St. Cloud, Minnesota. Yeah, and which I mean, small town. It's uh, it was smaller expected. cost of living, but I mean, you know, twenty seven grand is still pretty. This yeah. is in two thousand seven. Seven. Okay. Um, 2008. I'm sorry, early 2008. Okay. Um, and I was making 24000 at my job that I was at. And yeah. I sat down and I said, could I get twenty seven to stay here? That's mm-hmm. $3,000. Yeah. And his answer was, keep in mind the, the number, yeah. $24,000. Well, we pay really well here. <laughs> and that was the end of it. That was it. He just walked away. I was like, $24,000. Pat once left, I think we talked about this, you left your pay stub in the studio once when you were also making $24,000. 20, 29. Oh, I'm sorry, you were making, making 29. 29 grand a year in he, La Crosse, Wisconsin. He ax- 
accidentally left his pay stub and this is all before taxes. He left his pay stub yeah. in the studio and our boss like came in in a fury and she said, <laughs> don't you ever do that again. She goes, there will be a mutiny if people a find mutiny. out how much you make. And I'm like, I said, what the fuck are you paying the other people? Oh my God. Like in I the go, if I'm the guy making the most. And it, we're talking, this is like 2006. I was offered $18,000 a year to do an overnight job in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Which doesn't even exist anymore. Doesn't that's, exist. So yeah. that's the weird that was, part. And that was 2007. That's the weird part is that a job that used to pay 20 grand a year doesn't even that's, exist. That's how broke radio is. There's nothing there. It just, it sucks because people who work in radio work so damn hard. They're passionate, man. They're passionate. And, and we're, I don't even say they, we are so beat down mm-hmm. and we just continue to allow ourselves to be treated like that. And then you get, you know, you get fired, you get out of the business. Yeah. You're forlorn for a while. You're like, this sucks. There are no jobs. Yeah. Something always comes along, usually better, yeah. but it just, it just sucks that radio people are treated so badly because Everybody works so hard, so they many hours all hard. day long, and it just blows because then you get you get thrown out like the trash. So throw me out with the trash. You know that's what I always say, right? Throw me out with the trash. Throw me out with the trash. The Pat and AJ Podcast Network is available on all your favorite audio platforms. Subscribe today. Follow Pat and AJ on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook now at Pat and AJ. PatandAJ.com. Support the Pat and AJ Podcast Network today by donating on Venmo or Cash App. Powered by the people. The Pat and AJ Podcast.